Hello, welcome to a podcast for the Lancet Oncology. To go with our October 2018 issue, I'm joined today by Dr. Andre Ilbawi of the World Health Organization's Department for Management of Non-Communicable Diseases, Disability, Violence and Injury Prevention. And we're going to talk about his work on national cancer control plans around the world. Dr. Ilbawi, welcome. Thank you, Gavin. So perhaps you could tell us a little bit about the background to your study and why you decided to conduct a global analysis of national cancer control plans. Well, uh, to begin by framing the question of why national cancer control plans, we have to think about what are some of the core functions of government. As it pertains to health, one of the functions are to define the goals, objectives, and activities for any national health program. The reason it's particularly important in cancer to start thinking about the question of cancer plans is because we have evidence national cancer control plans are able to give governments the capacity, the infrastructure, and the coordination needed to successfully deliver cancer services. And in fact, we do have evidence that this is the case. So governments are increasingly aware of the importance of cancer plans in national policy formulation. We've seen in the past two decades, in fact, nearly a doubling of countries that have cancer-related plans. But what we don't have is very much information about the quality of these plans, that is, whether or not the plans are successfully achieving the stated objectives of what a cancer plan should entail, and we also don't have information on whether or not these plans are in fact implemented. Therefore, the purpose of this study was to develop a better understanding of the current landscape of cancer plans. What is the quality of these plans? That is, are they comprehensive, are they coherent, and are they consistent? Do we have any evidence of implementation? And we envision that the findings from this study will help inform the public health community regarding where we should emphasize our efforts moving forward in supporting governments with national cancer control planning. Yes, so about those main findings, what were some of the main areas of success and what areas are still really in need of improvement? So from this study, we found several key areas in which both success has been made but also concerns that would require attention moving forward. For example, we found that countries with national cancer control plans have more comprehensive, coherent, and consistent policies than countries with NCD plans. To frame this in a different way, governments are asked to include as part of their national health plans an element of cancer. This can be in any document, either a national health plan, a national non-communicable disease plan, of which cancer is one of the four non-communicable diseases, or in a national cancer control plan specifically addressing cancer. What the study found was that the more granular the plan, the more likely it achieved the stated objectives of being comprehensive, coherent, and consistent. While intuitive, this helps reinforce the message that cancer really is a complex public health issue that requires specificity. And for many governments that don't have cancer focal points within ministries of health, this is a way for us to encourage that cancer really does require that level of emphasis in order to achieve a public health approach to cancer. A second important finding is that stakeholders should prioritize evidence-based programs according to the local disease burden to achieve value for money and to maximize the population impact. These are the core tenets of universal health coverage. For example, we see that governments don't necessarily include cervical cancer in a way that corresponds with the disease burden in that country. We would like to see, for example, in settings where cervical cancer has a particularly high burden, that it is also emphasized within a cancer control plan. However, based on the current findings, we don't see that type of emphasis. So one important finding from this study that requires further attention is how can we help governments set priorities according to the specific disease burden and according to their current health system capacity. 
A third important finding from the study is that we really need to focus a bit more on costing and financing strategies for cancer plans. One of the big challenges with a complex disease like cancer is what types of programs need to be introduced, which programs need to be scaled up, and which programs perhaps need to be de-escalated. These questions are very difficult to answer, and what we find is that a plan often does not provide the level of detail that we need in order to give governments feedback on how to finance their cancer plan. We see, for example, countries produce a wish list of programs or activities that don't necessarily get funded. But without any funding, we see, unfortunately, that the plans never get implemented. In order to ensure plans get implemented, we have to focus a bit more on saying, is this plan costed? Do we know what these activities will require from a budget perspective? Because if we don't, then including them in a cancer plan serves nothing more than as a wish list for policymakers. And similarly, not only do we have to think about costing, what is the overall budget requirement for cancer-specific activity, but what are the financing mechanisms that would be required to ensure that this program is implemented in a sustainable way. And finally, one of the core findings from this study is that while we've seen progress in cancer plans, that is, as mentioned earlier, a doubling of cancer plans in the past two decades, we do need to focus more on effective implementation. Because we see, again, that cancer plans are not costed, that they're not financed, and oftentimes they don't have a monitoring mechanism, unfortunately what we find is that there's little evidence that the plan, in fact, has had an impact. One important finding from the study that will require ongoing attention is how can we support governments with implementation? Mechanisms to cost, mechanisms to finance, and mechanisms to monitor the plan itself over a specified period of time for that plan. So did your findings differ dramatically between countries that had an NCD control plan against those with a specific national cancer control plan? And if, if so, how, how did they differ? Yeah, this is an important finding, Gavin, because while, again, it may seem intuitive that countries that had NCD plans when compared with countries that have national cancer control plans, the level of detail of cancer is different. We also see differences in the overall implementation strategies of these plans. So again, in countries that had national cancer control plans, they were overall more comprehensive, coherent, and consistent. These are the three tenets of an effective national health plan. But they were also more likely to have a mechanism of implementation, including costing or monitoring. So from the position of this paper, we were able to identify how can a national cancer control plan successfully capture these core tenants, and the platforms for implementation. And this is important information for governments to know moving forward because, again, whether or not a cancer control plan exists, it also entails a larger system. Who within the Ministry of Health will serve as the focal point? Who will oversee the implementation of a plan? And to have a national cancer control plan adds that level of emphasis in the government and responsibility to ensure that a cancer plan is successfully implemented. Well, so looking to the future then, what what steps need to be taken to ensure effective national cancer control plans, and, and how do they relate to, uh, to universal health coverage? This is a particularly important question because as we look to the landscape of the Sustainable Development Goals and the commitments that governments have made, we see that universal health coverage is the pillar by which the cancer services and other health services must be integrated into a larger national strategy. In order for us to achieve overall effective coverage and financial protection for cancer patients, 
There are several key steps that this study has shown and will help drive our decision as we move forward with governments to achieve universal health coverage. The first is to think about how data drive policy. We already have very well uh, published studies that demonstrate that without strong cancer data, it is difficult to make evidence-based policies. This study again echoes that finding. So one important first step that needs to be considered is how can data drive policy formulation? What information systems are needed to identify priorities? Once priorities are identified according to the health system, to the epidemiologic burden in the country, how can programs then be developed and linked to an overarching national health plan or strategy? One of the challenges with disease-specific plans is the failure of integration. In cancer, we find ourselves similarly at risk. The objective is not to create a vertical program, but how can we integrate a national cancer plan into overarching national health plans? One of the important findings from this study is that the majority of cases, the cancer plan did not align in the timing or in the budget of the national health plan. And as we move forward and as we see countries define benefit packages, as we see them define platforms for universal health coverage, it is absolutely critical that national cancer plans are integrated into those dialogues. The third important step is to ensure that a budget is available. As mentioned earlier, if there is not a specific costing or financing strategy specified within cancer plans, then unfortunately we can't achieve one of the core pillars of universal health coverage, which is financial protection. So it is really important for governments to consider what is the budgetary impact and implications of their cancer control plan, particularly as it pertains to universal health coverage. And finally, once plans are introduced, what mechanisms are needed to monitor implementation of that plan? This again helps not only with ensuring that the plan is achieving its goals, that the plan is reaching vulnerable populations, that effective coverage is attained. But by monitoring the implementation of plans, we then also gather data that can reinforce the concept of data driving policy. So those four key steps are important elements that we identified in the study and also relate to achieving universal health coverage. When these activities are done in a comprehensive manner, universal health coverage can be attained. Well, it's a really interesting study. It's got really important implications for policymakers around the world. Dr. Ilbawi, thank you so much for your time today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Gavin.